get ready for the Girls on Games podcast. Your weekly dose of news, reviews, and everything video games. Always served with a good helping of hype and just a pinch of salt. And now, your host, Leah. Girls on Games podcast. My name is Leah. I'm the host of this show. This is episode number 366. And this week, we bring you an interview with podcaster, host, and now co-author, Danny Pena. Plus, we're going to talk about that EA purchase rumor. And it's fall. Finally, it's fall. You know what that means? Lots of video game events, because there's lots of video games coming. And that's exciting. But before we get into talking about all of that... I want to introduce you to the friendly voices around this digital table. Catherine, it's a two-lady show today. How you doing? Yes, it is. I'm good. Yourself? I'm excellent. Yeah, Simon's out feeling a little under the weather, but that's fine. We wish him well. And uh, yeah, Kat and I will continue to hold down the fort. All right, let's do a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the crew check-in and remind you that if you enjoy this show, you can subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podbean. If you'd like to get some GOG merch, you can do that by going to designbyhumans.com slash shop slash games. Or maybe you'd like to give us a tip, maybe buy us a coffee. You can do that by going to our Kofi. That's ko-fi.com slash games. If you'd like to leave us a voice memo, give us a shout out, yell at us, whatever you want to do. Go use TalkBack inside the iHeartRadio app. Go to the Girls on Games podcast page. Hit that little microphone. Record us a 30-second little voice clip. And you may be featured on the show. And with that, I've done all my housekeeping and uh, I have edited this because I messed up Royal and that's the power of me editing my own podcast. I can make (laughs) myself sound as good as I want. (laughs) Kat, how has your week been? We've already been chatting about 30 minutes before this even started. We don't get to (laughs) often, the two of us. We also missed last week because like you were away for your sister's wedding and you came back and it was just like chaos um mm-hmm. so and i just realized i never sent out a tweet saying we were skipping a week so <laughs> sorry <laughs> we are it's a been... well-oiled machine yeah i think i think i there's something that okay so we're recording on a monday which is labor day on monday which is the honorary end of the summer season in the mm-hmm. way that we kind of look at it. I know like the solstice is actually later in the month and all that jazz, but in the way you look at it about like back to school and work programs coming back and end of summer vacation and so on and so forth, this weekend is really like that turning point, right? And I've been saying that I've been essentially living this year up to my sister's wedding. And then a few weeks before that, I was like, Mike, I am done with summer. And when this wedding is over, I can't wait to come back. And it's just going to be like, it's fall. And you know what? This weekend has felt like fall and I needed it. And I am so energized. I don't know what it is. Maybe it feels like first day of school again. Maybe it's because we haven't like been able to live normal lives for two years, two and a half years. Um, I am excited because there's so much going on. Yeah, like weather here also like has been like it was we had a few days of scorching heat last week yeah like a like one day where like even like uh like uh 
Environment Canada was sending out like heat alert warnings and things like that. But ever yes, since yes. then, nothing above like 20 through 22, 24 degrees. I think yeah. yesterday afternoon it got up to like 23 when the sun was like really beaming for like an hour or two. But like nights have been like 15 to 12 degrees Celsius, like windows open, all the covers. Um, beautiful. And it's just like I felt energized too. Like I, I did a lot of cleaning. Um, you know, we wrapped up our mini reno sprints like three, three weeks ago, but we're still like going through cleaning plaster dust. That shit is, <laughs> does not want to leave. Um, it's like glitter. That's because it's such a heavy <laughs> dust. So like you, you, it just keeps coming down it and settles. then you, yeah. you dust and then it settles again. And like, and I washed my windows and they were filled with also full of plaster dust. Um, I was like, I can't see through this thing. And I was like, swipe. Oh, it's white. Um, <laughs> so no, it's been, it's been really, really good to have a long weekend to just like tackle these things and organizations and put in orders to, for organizers and for our offices. Um, and, uh, Pascal got his standing desk and he's nice. really happy about that. Um, the cat stopped caring about the desk moving like by the first day. So what I he saw some pictures. Yeah, what he did for a setup is he grabbed his old desk, put it in the corner, and then he got a stand-in desk and he created for himself a L-shaped desk. Right, okay. Um and right now, like he's got no cable organization, like he's been slowly building up on it. So and on his um he just kind of put his computer on top of the second desk so that way the cords have enough slack for him, the desk to go up and down. The controls of the desk are a little panel that like, you know, and for like ergonomy's sake, they it's a top pressing thing. So the cat has been pressing the buttons. <laughs> just like, you know. Up, down, up, down. And like... <laughs> Pascal, bless his soul, was like, oh, I think, like, I'll find a way, like, you know, put some stuff on the second desk and incentivize him to sleep on the second desk. And I'm like, but you, you're you warm and you put a fan, like, blowing air towards you. So, of course, and you keep looking at the screens, of course, he's going to be on the main thing. Um, So, you know, sometimes when he jumps off the desk, he hits the buttons and as he leaves, the desk just keeps moving. And, <laughs> like, Pascal's in the middle of a Final Fantasy fourteen raid, like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and I'm just like you I saw I saw this coming I saw like our the cat is old but he still has some goblin energy uh, <laughs> they, and that him. never leaves them that never leaves no and yeah so and now since I cleared my monitors and put them on an arm and there's more desk space he's always sleeping on my desk so now I have to get desk or organizers because I have no room to put my shit because there's a cat half of the time yeah. So I ordered some um some hooks that I can glue oh, yeah. to the side of my desk for my headset and my Xbox controller. Good idea. Very good idea. I used to store them in these drawers, my desk drawers, but now they are full of crap. Yeah. So I I've been doing similar stuff. We uh 
went grocery shopping first time in a long while. Damn, groceries are expensive. But uh, I also finally have organized my fridge with like containers and stuff. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then I started in the office at the cleaning. I went through one side of drawers because similar to you, it was just full of chaos. So clean that out. Now I've got a few more to do, but I'm just in that... I'm in that phase where I'm like, get up, go, get, get organized, you know, like get, and playing lots of games too, which is fantastic. Cause I felt like maybe it was the heat in the summertime. I just wasn't as driven and wanted to be outside, but with the sweater weather comes the hot chocolate in the pumpkin spice lattes, if that's what you're into. And, uh, also, uh, putting on a nice, uh, fur smelling tree candle, you know, and, snuggling up in a blanket and playing some cutesy games uh sounds like a lot of fun right now (laughs) it does like couch time fall and winter is great for couch time i love it oh i can't wait it i actually told mike i was like i used to always decorate for halloween like i would do at my parents' house for for halloween every year Mm -hmm. and when i moved away i was doing a bit of it but then i kind of lost out of touch like when I was in grad school, I didn't, I had like a dorm room. Like it wasn't, you know, like I didn't have space or anything like that. And then moving around so much, like it gets broken or you're not going to use it and you get rid of it. And so, yeah, I have like no Halloween decorations outside of a wreath for outside my door. So I told Mike, I was like, get ready. It's on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I gave up on decorating when I decided on, on getting a cat. I made that choice 14 years ago. I was like, I can have nice things. Or I can have this cat. <laughs> you went for the cat. Speaking of games, cat, what are you even playing? Uh, my friend and I sat on the couch two Fridays in a row and we binged through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Ooh, how'd that go? It was really fun. Like, it's a nice side-scroller beat-em-up. They got the 90s feel, the 90s arcade feel down pat. Um... If you were a fan of the sh- cartoon in the 90s, like my friend Uva, like grew up, we both grew up on those cartoons, but like she had them like on VHS tape and she rewatched yeah. them a lot and she, she knew every character, every storyline. She was like, oh yeah, that guy. And I was like, I don't, I vaguely remember a lot of these characters, but I don't remember all of them. Um, and then once you finish the story mode, once you unlock. Oh God! What's the name? The character with the hockey mask and the hockey stick. It's oh something um, Jones. Casey Jones. Casey, Casey Jones. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So now she's like, well, now we got to replay the play with Casey Jones, and I'm like, <laughs> shit. Yeah, we do. And also, we didn't like we didn't get all the uh, collectibles and all the secrets. So now we're like, oh, we can go back. Um, and it's on it's on Game Pass. Like, she looked at it on for Switch and whatever, and when she was like, oh, 40 Canadians, a bit expensive for this game. I'm like, well, if you look at the... If you want to play the story mode once, yeah. Like, But if you look at the replay value, like, if you're the kind of person that loves a game where you finish it once, and then you replay it with different characters and things like that, or... And it's got an online mode where you can play up to six people, and it's got cross-platform play. So, oh, like, nice. I can see, like, how, like... If you're dedicated to this game, yeah. I think the thirty to forty dollars is pretty good. We had it on game. I had it's available on Game Pass, so I just kind of like when she comes over and she's like, "I just want to sit on the couch and play a video game." I just go through Game Pass and find whatever co-op game we can play. And I was like, "Yeah, do I have a surprise for you? I got a treat <laughs> for you because I know 
this is your shit. And I started the game and she was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> did you uh, guys play um, like stuff like Turtles in Time back she, in the day? She did. I didn't. I didn't okay. have a... I uh, played that a lot. I didn't have a Super Nintendo. But oh, this right. is like, it was made by Tribute Games. Um, yes. In Montreal, uh, which yeah. they're known for their like p- pixel aesthetic, but also like brawler beat-em-up games. Like this True. was a perfect studio to do that. And they partnered with Nickelodeon. Oh, because they own the turtles. The IP, it, yeah. Yeah, it's basically like, what if the 90s TV show was Turtles in Time video game, basically? And like, there's even an arcade mode where you have like three to four lives. And if you die, you lose your progression. Huh. Like, wow. so if you want that arcade feel, uh, you can. We played as, I played as, um, as Mike. She played as... Donatello, God, I forgot. I yeah, but with the with the the staff. No, with the swords, with the swords. Oh, that's, that's Leonardo. Leonardo, right? My God, I know this because I was obsessed with that TV show back in the nineties. And I in was the, in the in the playground. I used to be April O'Neil. <laughs> She's also a playable character. So yeah, you, oh you my got, God, Mike, got, where's my husband? We're playing this later. <laughs> you got the four turtles, which I always forget. Like I. I always mix up Leonardo and Donatello. I always think like blue with swords is Donatello, but it's not. It's purple with staff. Yeah. Um, Mike and Raph and Raphael, I usually know they're, they're yeah. two, but like, I don't know why ever since I was a kid, I've mixed up the name of Donatello and Leonardo. Um, but yeah, you got the four turtles. So you got Splinter and you got April O'Neil. And like I said, once you finish the ceremony, once you unlock uh, Casey Jones, um, everybody Every character has their special move set, but the buttons are not different. Okay, and, that's good. So, like, the same thing to do a special on one character is the same to do a special on another yeah. character, but the move is different. Okay. But it looks... Smart. I mean, it... it, Yeah, it looks different, but, like, I don't think, like, on terms of, like... I don't know if, like systems wise like if you were to look at the guts of the games and like the numbers generated by the attacks and whatnot i don't think there's like a big difference um other than what the characters yell and what it looks on screen Mm, so you can you can you can kind of like learn whatever combos you like um and then but like for example if you press x and a at the same time x is the attack button a is the mm-hmm. jump button. Mm-hmm. You have an attack where you go up. So for okay. Leonardo, it looked like a, a kick where you kind of like upper kick. Okay. Kinda uppercut, but with one of his foot. With his legs. Okay. As in uh, Mike would just twirl like a torpedo. Okay. And it would hit more than once. So I used to like do these like Devil May Cry type combos doing that. And then on the way down, I would like <laughs> attack and whatnot. Um, nice. But essentially it's like... Once you've learned like a, a sequence of buttons, you're good. And it's just like it's like we played Friday, and I was a week off, and like I did my work week, and during that week, uh, because there was a lot of people away on vacation, I got dragged in a lot of like play sessions at work for for mm-hmm. honor, just like you know helping the game design. There is like they have two sessions a day where it's like open to like test do content or test balancing shit what up and whatnot so basically once in a while they're like we need a punching bag i'm like i'm coming <laughs> <laughs> and then that friday 
like I had a that Friday night, like the following Friday, she comes over again. We're like, and she's like, we need the controls. I'm like, yes, because right now my hands are set to like for honor, <laughs> not <laughs> trolling. And Tom's like, wrong fighting game. I'm like, yeah. But I know like the game, the a lot of the game designers at work had played it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And they fucking loved it. So, and they were right. It's like, oh, it's got that arcade feel. Anyway, I, I know like, didn't we talk about it a, a while back when it first we, Yeah, and it's one of those things where it was like, it was came out kind of when I was in that a little bit of a funk where I didn't know what to be doing. Or if it's like I am right now, so hyper-focused on one game and there's so many other games kind of going through. I'm trying to get through one game first because you guys know me, if I switch... Mm-hmm. I'm done. Though I now I am actively playing two games at the same time, but they are very different and I can pace them differently. So it's okay. But like, yeah, uh, that came out around that time. And we didn't, we talked about it because I wanted to try out and people had been talking so much good about it. But yeah, haven't had really had a chance to sit down and, and play it. Because it is one that I want to play couch co-op, mm-hmm. right? Like that, there's, there's so few and far between of the solid couch co-ops that, and this is so much nostalgia in that time when this was the be all end all was having a party or having friends over to your house and play, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Like I, that's what I wanted. And I think, well, just like we were saying earlier, you know, sweater weather, you know, is here. So time to also partake in all those activities. Yeah. I, I mean, you could definitely play at least one playthrough with Mike. And if you want to like grind stuff on the side, you can and whatnot, or play different characters or play online with friends too. It's true. Um, you can party up through the. I don't know how it works for crossplay. If it the crossplay is just for like random matchmaking, um, or if it includes like, you know, finding, f- actually finding your friends on the P PlayStation or Xbox and partying up with them. Uh, mm. But I know you can party up at the very least with other Xbox players, uh, which yeah. I think is like a lot of like your friend group. Most my crew, yeah, yeah or Xbox, m- yeah, mostly Xbox. Like if I. Think of like Tony and John and whatnot. Tony and John and Bill and my brother and Ian and Mike and I. Yeah, we all play that way. Um, though Doug has Doug has PlayStation Five too, and I think now Bill and Elise want to get PlayStation Five. Bill wants it to play um, the F one game because apparently they're starting a tournament at work, and uh, Elise wants to play the Harry Potter Harry Potter game when it comes out in February, mm-hmm. as I do too. And that obviously, she she's gonna want a newer console than the Xbox One that I loaned them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's like mostly what I've been doing. I played a bit of Coffee Talk uh, yesterday. Ooh, right. That came. That recently came out on Game Pass too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically there's not a lot of gameplay. Um, it's definitely like a visual novel type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are a barista, and you gotta like remind, remember what your uh regulars love to drink and you make coffees and there's even a little interface for you to make latte art it's hard as shit um <laughs> i have john not- john gave me the gears today because i made a latte for him and didn't make art in it and i was like dude i don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an art in itself anyway so i played about an hour of that um yeah last night really good i love the setting of like having those magical D races but in like modern day uh seattle cool um, and things like that so it's it's something i've been playing like you know because the problem is i've had a lot of like bad brain days 
and I can't play anything that is complicated, then that's why I haven't made it back to Disco Elysium. Um, but this is like, you know, it's an it's like watching a series almost, except different art, uh, different setting, and you make coffees on the side. So, you know, I'm. Okay. I'm it's interesting you say that because I have been playing We Are OFK mm-hmm. and I was going to say to you, you should play this. I know we know it's there's that music hook to it, but the music hook is really like it's definitely a big part of it. But it's more like watching a K-drama or something like that that you have control over, mm. which is really good. Yeah, I I'm through. So this is one that's episodic, right? And uh, now I'm not going to lie. I did have access to all five episodes a while back, but between the wedding and everything else, I didn't get a chance to play. So I started on my flight down to Newfoundland. I played through the first episode. Then the second episode, I started on the plane black, but didn't finish because my switch died. And then I finished that and episode three yesterday and did episode four today five comes out thursday of this week i think the eighth and uh yeah i'm really excited to see kind of how this all concludes um yeah it it really like there's not the game in it is really just choosing how you want to react in certain scenarios and like there's another like each at the end of each episode there's a song music video and there's like a game mechanic in there but i don't know how much it actually does or you just do it to see if you can experiment like i haven't figured out because there's no like counting points or lives you can't fail it do you know what i mean like it's very much a linear thing it's supposed to be played through linear um but yeah, I think you would like this because it has that kind of vibe. And I know, and know it's one that we've all had our eyes on for quite a few years because we've all been following Ted EDF on, on Twitter for a while. And mm-hmm. it's a great story so far. I really want to see where it goes. And obviously, because I work in the music industry, I've got a hook for that, I, you know, interest in that. And there's some game programmer side of it. And the music's really good. And like the art style's so nice. So yeah, I, every, the whole time I was playing this, I was like, Kat's going to like this. Cat's gonna like this. <laughs> I'm I'm just looking at the at the credits right now on their website and uh solid solid setup of game devs and voices. Oh yeah. And, and like it's cool too because at the end of each episode they have like credits too. And they've got like illustrated in the same style each of the individuals that worked on the game and their role and all that kind of stuff. And uh and yeah, that uh, it's kind of cool in that sense because I was looking through trying to see like who did all this fantastic artwork and coding and whatever else. So, all right, I'll I'll add it to uh, to my list. We are it almost, lucky. Yeah, I'm playing on Switch. Okay. Um, specifically Astro Switch because I knew I was traveling. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's out on everything. Okay, I'm sorry. I can also see it on mobile too. Yeah, I'm sorry, but their website is ofk.cool. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> winning. <laughs> I love it. I mean, like, what? So it's on Steam, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation. Guess I'll play on Switch. Yeah, I don't know how much it co- uh it costs here in uh Canadian beaver dollars, um, as I got a code from Pop Agenda. Uh, let me thank you to put, them. Let me put my birthday. 
Oh, yeah. 1999 cause... Canadian. Not bad. Not bad at all. And I think that includes all five episodes. I believe so. And each episode's about an hour long. That's what I liked about it. That's what really made it feel like a series. Because the way that the menu is set up with the chapters, and maybe it's because I haven't played very many of these episodic games before, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. But, like, it looked like a menu screen from a DVD. Or you're being on the on the um, Disney Plus app and you're seeing all the episodes. And then also, too, because you play it and there's a play pause feature. And then kind of like it just, yeah, it just feels like a series <laughs> in the best kind of way. Why is it more expensive on Steam than it is on Nintendo? That's not usual. Are you sure it that's Canadian Beaver Dottles and not USD? Because it's 25 on Steam, and then Nintendo. I don't have my Switch on me. I can't look. Says 19.99. So it must uh, maybe. Maybe they maybe they did something and they got a deal, or maybe maybe Change it's on region. Some... There we go. Canada okay. English. I was on. Are you on the U.S. site. I was on the U.S. site. So yeah, the game is but... 20 U.S., 25 Canadian. But um, there's... that's not bad still. Yeah, For there's first a nice... five hours of content. Yeah. And then there's a, a bundle on Steam to get the score with it, of course. Yeah, it's on uh, it's on Spotify, I believe. Yes. yes and other yes. streaming platforms. So, yeah, because I remember when they put it out there, but I didn't want to listen to it until I played through the game because I didn't want to be pre... And the music's great. It really reminds me of, like, um, EDM artists like Maidon or a little bit of the Midnight, the Early Midnight. Mm. And, you know, the stuff, this, the, it's not the 80s side of that retro wave. It's more the computer generated side, if I can explain that. Because mm-hmm. I know you and I really like that. Um, was that one where it was in Tokyo in the 80s and the music was super yeah, sea yeah. something? Uh, ha- um, a Summer's End, Hong Kong, A Summer's yes. End. Yes, yes. So, you know, how the music was in that and how it really fit the vibe. This mm-hmm. one they mesh so well so so yeah playing that and then i am absolutely obsessed with two point campus um i live breathe eat sleep that game right now um it is so good and i'm playing through every single uh region until i three star it and move on to the next one and working on all the achievements and stuff so uh yeah i'm I'm hardcore in that one right now i actually installed it because i was like you know what? I haven't played one of these management games in a long time, like Sim, SimCity, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? That's, you know, I, I like the silly ideas that you were talking about in your, when you reviewed it for the podcast, and I installed mm-hmm. it. I haven't tried it yet, but I was like, one day I'm going to click on that. The spot um, or the land that I'm in right now, the new mechanic it's teaching me is archaeology. So Ooh. I'm running an archaeology school. And it combines both dig sites and computer stuff <laughs> and library. And it's fun. And yeah, you dig up really silly things. Like you could have like an old shopping cart or it digs up a one of their little weird characters stuck in like Han Solo in the in the metal, you know, when he was f- cryogenically frozen. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I don't remember what the metal was that they stuck him in. Um, but yeah, it's... <sighs> 
yeah i just i just can't watching little characters do their stupid little moves and they're running around they get diseases like pumpkin head and then they're stuck with a pumpkin on your head you gotta heal them and it's just so fun i love it my god and i'm trying to min max it and you know i'm into a game when i'm doing that (laughs) (laughs) all right cat let's talk about a little bit of news before we jump into our interview this week yeah All right, let's get through some news. Now, obviously, we've been gone for two weeks, but uh, yeah, there has been a lot of different things. I mean, Gamescom's happened, and did I say Gamescom's? Gamecom? Gamescom? What what is it, Kat? How do you officially say it? It's Gamescom. Gamescom. Okay. Or Gamescom? Com. C-O-M. With an S. Com. Okay, C-O-M. like games.com. Yes. Okay. Because it's uh, German. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah, that happened. And then there's been uh, umpteen other events that have kind of popped up and games have released and all this kind of stuff and news making that's way around the globe. But uh, this one popped up uh, over <laughs> while I was gone. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to put my phone away because this can't be real. Cat, bring us through the EA purchase rumor that went. Yeah, so and left. <laughs> basically, I don't know who started it and who started to run with it, but there were rumors that Amazon wanted to buy EA. Um, because like they're seeing Microsoft going on a spending spree, apparently. Yeah. Um, and I think EA had recently purchased Codemaster themselves. Like I think they did the like last year or the year before that. Uh so like, you know, like it's just like the whole industry is uh on a buying spree and uh mergers and things like that so people are like amazon's gonna buy ea and like that way they're gonna have like their uh gaming's division that they've been trying to build and like i think it took like less than four hours and an official report from cnbc was like yeah that's just a rumor Mm. um so according it was not like amazon is not expected to make a, a bid for ea according the cnbc they went and like there's a video in the article there's a tweet embedded um but like that rumor surge like made uh it made the ea share go up the amazon shares go Mm -hmm. up and as soon as it was squashed the shares went down again Um, and basically is apparently they spoke to sources at both ea and amazon and they were like nah brah so that was like a big hoopla about nothing that lasted about four hours. You gotta wonder how something like that picks up steam. Yeah, I mean, and then it 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 surged a lot of reports of like, what if it were true, or what if turns out that it is true, and what it would mean for the gaming and industry and things like that. But um, I I, I think it's. I'm not even sure how it started. Yeah, because even a lot of the reports, too, I, it felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. And I, you know, it's one of those things, too, where we kind of we constantly see on Twitter of like random people being like, this company's buying this company and that company's buying that company. Because we've had so many like mm-hmm. absolutely extreme cases that you never would have dreamed of happened in the past little while between the um, Xbox purchasing Zenith. 
is that how Bethesda is spelled right there? Yeah, uh, yeah, Zenith top Media. Company. Zenith? It's not Zenith. It's Zenith? Uh, f- who, go- uh, Ugh, who knows? See if I know. And yeah, and then the Blizzard Microsoft thing too. So like, it, it, you know, the sky's the limit. You don't know, right? So everything, people are diving into it. And I guess, you know, some people are saying, well, it could be possible because this, that, and the other reason. And I guess it just snowballed into hitting the stock market. <laughs> I mean, like it's, in, in a lot of acquisition like a lot of like i've i've just clicked through a bunch of like to try to find the source um and it's like ea is allegedly pursuing a sale and has talked to apple amazon and disney and then talks about potential comcast merger things like that i'm like ugh, yeah it sounds like much ado about nothing Mm. Um, I know there's like a lot of rumors circulating about Ubisoft looking to be acquired or in talks of the other to be acquired like nothing is happening on that front either I I am yeah there's so many of them going around all the time that for that one to hit I feel like that's not people probably said something about Amazon buying a big studio at some point right in yeah. many different forms i wouldn't i wouldn't be su- surprised like ea going to these uh companies to look to for partnerships yes or even licensing deal because ea does a lot of licensed games right uh like respawn is doing star wars star wars star yeah wars, so star maybe wars. maybe it's something more along the lines of they there was some kind of high-end collaboration meeting and people just assumed that that's what it was based on who might have been there or whatever but yeah. You know. So that that was a for a whole day everybody freaked out and then it was just like n- no. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if EA would like to come out with a new acquisition or a new major partnership. Yeah. Um but Amazon straight up buying EA. I know Amazon has that kind of fuck you money, but hmm. I'm not sure like right now would be the Yeah. Like, I think EA is in a better position than a lot of, like, publishers in studio where, like, even if Amazon were to throw a lot of fuck you money at them, they would not jump at it at the, like, Mm. without actually, like, thinking about what it means for their current games and the future of the studio. Unless, like, the whole board wants a way out. Maybe. But it's, it's it's not privately, like, you know one guy at the top like evil villain owner of ea like it's it's too big to be that anymore so i don't know i'm not a financially savvy corporate talk savvy but i know enough to know that amazon would have to throw a lot of fuck you money at ea to do this and would it be worth it in the long run yeah it's different though they have a competing platform streaming platform to microsoft and what playstation is now starting to dive into and of course what steam has had for so long um and stadia i mean question mark it's it's a lot for them to put in one basket plus they would have to go through the entire process of what xbox and microsoft is going through right now right with all the appeasing all the different places where it can be purchased and making sure there's competition rules when maybe they're just making a deal for something instead yeah oh yeah exactly um and we know like ea like ea plays on every platform it's included with game pass it's uh, i think it's going to be part of the playstation stuff if not it's Probably. already you know it's I I mean, 
I can see how you can make that connection, but realistically, these rumors were unfounded, and a lot of like people ended up pl publishing baseless articles without checking their sources. Mm, that's why you gotta go read, 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 click back through. Don't take everything at face value. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like, I mean, I'm looking at one of the articles, like from USA Today, that originated a rumor. Yeah. And they said that For the Win ran a version of this story on our website that violated our editorial standards regarding the use of unnamed and unvetted sources. We have updated the story to remove all mention of those sources. Oh, that could have stirred it up a bit. Yeah. yeah. So, and then CNBC went and vetted those sources, and those sources was like, hey, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, or or they, they turned to the company, like, I wouldn't be surprised because CNBC has a big, uh, you know, uh, a, a big financial journalistic division that they probably poked some of their partners at Amazon and um, to, yeah, to be to like, yo, we just through and probably the sources were like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like there's yeah. nothing was communicated about this. This is all rumors and hearsay. So CNBC was like, mm. all fucked up. So yeah. I'm I'm still fifty fifty at if it was completely a hoax or if it was just a, a mountain out of a bowl. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised because Amazon is working on Luna. I wouldn't be surprised that they're trying to get EA Play on there. That's it. Yeah, could be anything. Yeah. Wow, cat. I feel like we are officially out of the summer season fall is here and you know what that's bringing for us this year mm -hmm. lots of video game conferences big ones are coming and uh, we've got some coming up this week and rumors of others um, if you want to set your calendars uh, here are some of the ones that are on on the roster definitely mark it down you can guarantee on it disney and marvel games is having an event on september 9th um i believe disney plus day is the day before uh because that's the day thor love and thunder comes out on disney plus and i can't wait to watch that because we haven't had a chance um there's a ubisoft forward happening september 10th and uh rumor mills be damned ubisoft straight up came out and announced that the new assassin's creed is coming and it's going to be talked about assassin's creed mirage and i'm pretty stoked because everybody's saying reports is that it's going to be back to the basics the shit we fell in love with in the first place. The reason Catherine and I started this podcast <laughs> is because we love Assassin's Creed. We love video games. And I'm pretty sure that was part of the first conversation you and I ever spoke about, <laughs> spoke to each other about. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, pretty, pretty damn stoked about that. Plus, there's a whole bunch of other games uh, coming too. There's a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 event happening September 15th. I know that's not usually um, our cup of tea, but uh, it might be yours. And uh, Tokyo Game Show is also starting same day. And uh, I imagine we're going to see a bunch of stuff there. Maybe more on the JRPG side. It'd be interesting to see kind of what comes out of there. Because we often find that there's a lot of uh, solid announcements coming uh, from the Tokyo Game Show. There's also rumors always rumors of a PlayStation online event and a Nintendo online event coming 
sometime soon. Um, I feel like we don't know a whole lot about what Nintendo's got coming out this uh, fall, except for Splatoon coming around the corner, like, this week. And uh, Pokemon, Scarlet Violet. Um, I feel like, outside of that, my brain... Anytime I think Nintendo Switch, I'm thinking indie games right now. The fact that Baron Breakfast is coming on September 15th, too. So, uh, so yeah, but, like, it's fall. And uh, the news is back on, and I just feel like it's... Uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see because we've had so many delays and things move around and yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm ready for it. How about you, Kat? Yep. I mean, I'm expecting a state of play and a Nintendo Direct before like the the big launch of the holiday season mm. um, so that they can get some announcements. And But I didn't, I mean, at Gamescom, we saw PlayStation talk about the new DualSense and I think they also, that's where they unveiled the new uh, PSVR yeah vr2 yeah so they've true. they've already like shown some of their hardware at gamescom so i'm like all right if you're upgrading your hardware i'm expecting you know from probably not in the next two weeks because like that's already like four things that are packed i'm expecting a state of play october ish maybe uh, early maybe very late september beginning of october because yeah. like all the stuff when does black Fl friday fall this year is it early? Is it late? Is it dead in the middle of November? Uh, Black Friday. What year is this? Are 2022. We we're not in 2020 anymore? No. Um, November 25th. That's late. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I could see something mid-October, too, in a ramp up to holiday season. Though yeah. I imagine they've got stuff coming out um, earlier than that. But, but yeah, or very end of September. Yeah, yeah, anything's possible at this point. Yeah, no, I'm I'm like already looking forward to what's going to come out of Tokyo Game Show because there's usually some really good stuff um, coming mm -hmm. out of there. Uh, some even with E3, whatever replaced E3 this year and Gamescom past us, there's still like Tokyo Game Show. There's a lot of people that keep Tokyo Game Show as like one of their main press point to announce stuff so mm -hmm. i mean that um that new studio uh unseen which oh, yeah. was uh founded uh by i always forget her name but she she's the girl that stole everybody's heart on e3 uh when she ghost to ghost wire tokyo yes knack knack not oh, god but yes i know exactly who you're talking about i can picture her in my head but I'm the worst with names. Yes. Uh, da, da, da. Starts with an N. Unseen Studio. They like uh, announced the studio this year, and it's like it looks like a team of mixed a team from Japan and the United States. Um, and it is Nakamura. Ikumi Nakamura. See Nakamura, I was close. I was so close. Yes. but yeah it's I'm, tokyo I'm, game show is definitely a good one to to especially i feel like there's definitely targeting of the games mm -hmm. right but that makes sense based on audience um so yeah if that's kind of flavor you're into for video games there's definitely gonna be stuff i i figure there'll be some kind of like fighting game announcement too um i don't know if nintendo is there uh i don't know like it's like not that Western studios are not at Tokyo Game Show. It's just like they kind of like cater their announcement to their audience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so for them, a lot of e 
like for us western studio is like e3 and gamescom but like mm -hmm. they will be at tokyo game show and i expect announcement on top of what's already been announced like you know they'll tease something at e3 show it at gamescom and then have more details at tokyo game show sometimes and then a lot of like studios keep tokyo game show for their main announcements Mm -hmm. uh, like the top the top news stories already mentioned like some of the biggest you know uh studios like konami is going to be there mm -hmm. bandai namco square enix you know like they that already who they're talking about um gonna be on site and lots of rumors of games so yeah it's gonna be a good fall it's gonna be like it's gonna be packed for the next like two three weeks and then like like i said i'm expecting like straight off of that to for Nin nintendo and playstation to announce uh some of their uh little mini conferences like a state of play or a direct like yeah. right after yeah so lots of things for us to talk about coming in the future right yes that's for sure but now it's time to change paces a little bit. We're going to have an interview now. Really excited because Danny Pena has joined us to chat about his experiences, his kind of life story coming up, being a content creator, and all about his new book, Danny Loves Video Games. So we'll be right back with that now. All right, and we're back, and I'm so excited. Today, we're joined by the one and only Danny Pena. Hey, Danny, how's it going? Hello. Well, thank you for, for inviting me. Uh, oh. I know we, we've been interacting a lot through socials, you know, so uh, I'm glad to be here today. Oh, yeah. Super excited to get a chance to talk to you because I've been following what you guys, you guys have been doing at Gamertag Radio for, like, years. And, uh, yeah, because, like, you're one of the first podcasts that I got introduced to when doing video game podcasts. So, uh, so yeah, it's totally awesome. I want to get into a bit of your resume. Cause, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, if folks don't know, Danny is, his resume is freaking epic, okay? You've been creating content since 2001. Mm -hmm. You're the first video game podcast to have a thousand, that's right, a thousand episodes. Yep. <laughs> More than that now, you're going way beyond that now. You are a video game uh, host on a myriad of outlets like Cheddar Esports, Telemundo, Discovery Channel, Latin America, and G4TV. You've been inducted in the Podcaster Hall of Fame, and on top of that, the first Latino as part of that. Interviewed many guests in the video, uh, video game industry, often a keynote speaker at events. You're often educating up-and-coming po podcasters, which I love. And you're doing all these things in two languages. Your accolades go on and on and on and on. What got you started in all this? Because this is so <laughs> impressive. Yeah, you know what? It's it's, it's crazy hearing that because um, it, it's been so long. But it, I still feel like when I started back in the days, you know, when I started in 2001. Um, so how I started gaming, like gaming in general was my grandmother bought me an Atari 2600 back in the 80s. But content creation... It was in early 2000s. So a little bit before that, I was living in Miami and I was at my friend's house and he had uh, his computer on. So I was just browsing mess different message boards and everything. So I found this website called Sudo. It's a, a streaming network back in the late 90s that was available online and you could watch it through a 56K modem. 
and I was watching a hip hop show, I remember, and um, they were interviewing one of my favorite artists there. And he was like, oh, during the interview, he was mentioning, oh, yeah, this is cool. So people around the world could, could listen to me and watch me. And that was the moment I'm like, I want to do the same thing. And from 1998 to 2001, I was trying to do that, but it was so expensive. I didn't have a computer. Um, technology wasn't that great back then compared to what we have now. And uh, and yeah, then one day I got I got a computer. I still had a 56k modem still not not technically broadband so but uh dso um so then i started just recording with 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 friends i will go to events in new york city and i was just um there with my recorder so the way how i used to do it back then i'll i have like my radio connected to my computer so whatever i record on cassette i will press play and in real time i will record it to the computer because i didn't have no software like that or anything so I did it like that for a while, and then I, I started going to more events. Like I went to the Sega, Sega Net for the Sega Dreamcast in 2000, 2001. It was um, Xbox Unleash. It was like the first time getting hands-on to the console. And and uh, who else? I, I know Nintendo was there in New York City promoting the GameCube. And yeah, I was there just recording. And one day I went to Xbox at the event. I'm like, hey, can I get a credentials? Can I get a, not credential, can I get a media badge? Mm-hmm. And they gave me uh, a media badge without asking me a business card or, or anything to show proof that I have a show. And I was there for 48 hours. Uh, I was trying to compete because they were giving away a free trip to Cancun. I didn't win at all. But at the end of the event, they gave me and, and a couple other people, I think 10 people in, in total, they uh, gave us Xboxes, and I got it early before it came out in 2001. And I'm like, all this happened because I showed up at the event. <laughs> so then a week after that, uh, I got a call from, from Xbox, and they were like, we're going we're gonna to have an event in New York City in Times Square. So I said, we would love for you to be part of this so you could talk to the media about your experience of the, the, the console. I'm like, all right. And I showed up, and when I got there, I noticed there was a lot of security and I had no idea why. And when I went inside, they were like, Hey, Danny, you're going to be playing with Bill Gates. Just make sure they'll give him your resume. And I'm like, no, what, what the, like they were just joking. But <laughs> so I started playing with him, uh, fusion frenzy. And he's a terrible, terrible player, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but, but we had, we had a good time, you know, it was cool. Like there's pictures online and videos. If you search, um, Xbox launched 2001. Mm-hmm. on youtube you'll see like a very low quality video there and so you'll see me like a couple times but yeah it's it's wild wild <laughs> so yeah from there i just got inspired to create gamer tag a couple years later after that it was in 2005 february of 2005 so did you go to broadcast school or anything or you just kind of like fell into it because you were like this mm-hmm. is cool i want to make stuff uh mix so i i went to school well actually in high school i was taking uh courses of like just um tv tv production editing okay and then um i will go to my friends because i was involved also with music back back in those days so there was a lot of local stations in miami and i would just go and and help out and so that's that was the only experience i had during that time wow too cool yeah yeah uh as a long ongoing podcast ourselves uh to see gamertag radio i've been at it for 16 plus years it's really really impressive and we know what kind of hard work and dedication that requires because like we've been at this for now what cat 11 years 10 years 11 years 
I don't oh, even know. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the been act- a while. <laughs> the actual podcast, like, two years after we started the blog? Yeah. Yeah, but oh, Girls Like Games been going for, like, yeah, 11 years now. So, mm-hmm. what, like, what was the hook that really got Gamertag Radio going? How did you guys come together as a, mm-hmm. I, I think at then, at that time, maybe it was just two of you, or was it three of you? So when I when I started GTR, I did it. I started with my brother. Uh, but yeah. he only did it for like a year and changed. He was young. He was like eighteen years old, and he was yeah. like, ah, "Party, college, you know." So yeah, so then, so I had to you know get other people to be part of it. You know, just friends. And then, um, it, it was just that like having the right people on my team during that time, even though there was a lot of changes, helped helped me and the show to 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 keep on going. And um, now the current host that I have is Paris Lily and Prelatidio that have been doing GTR for over a decade too now too. So uh, the good thing is, you know, I met Peter because uh, his wife used to work with me at Discovery Channel. And uh, she he just came to my house because I had Guitar Hero early. So he wanted mm-hmm. to play it and we just started <laughs> talking about games. And Paris in 2006, he was just online and he saw one of my videos that Microsoft interviewed me and a friend of ours uh, about a game that was coming out. I think it was a Lord of the Rings game for the Xbox 360. And he saw that was an Xbox at Redmond. And he's like, oh, man, I want to do the same thing, too. So then he started contacting me. And we started giving you know each other tips and, and helping out and everything. And then he started his podcast called Elk uh, Gamer Radio. And then a, year, a couple of years later, he just joined the team. And we've been close ever since, man. So it's just that I think having the right people in your team uh, is very very helpful because there's some days I just not in the mood to do it and or I'm not motivated and they're you know they'll be like motivating each other and helping help me to get excited and record again and everything so so that's how I keep on going man and plus seeing all the other opportunities I've been getting with the podcast like we travel around the world for preview events um, we we've gotten like sponsors uh the media picked us up, picked up like our content and the, it will be like all over the web. You know, that happened multiple times, even even when I started GTR back then. And I think it was like around May of 2005. That was like my first time experiencing that. Yeah, I think that's when it really started to pick up. Well, podcasting seemed to really mm-hmm. yeah. like start to evolve. Like it became more of a thing rather mm-hmm. than uh, than, you know, an experiment that a lot of people were trying because, you know, now considering podcasting is almost as big as broadcast radio itself what do you think has been the biggest change in pot and you know podcasting over the years Ooh, well when i started there was no smartphones it was only ipods right so <laughs> i had to go to a lot of the stores locally when i was i used to live in miami yeah and i had to wait for like a big launch of a game and there's a lot of people winning in line, winning, like, you know, midnight releases. And I would just show up with flyers and with my recorder. And I would just interview people while they're in line. And the reason why I did that is, one, to spread the word locally. Mm-hmm. And two, if I interview them, they're going to tell their friends, oh, I was on this show. So it was just going around like that. Smart. So, yeah, yeah. So that year, I went to E3 also. And, uh, and I will never forget this. I, I went there with my brother. I, uh, at that time, I was working at Discovery Channel, but uh, I remember the check that I received, I wasted on on all kinds of stuff for me to get ready to go to E3. Flights, hotel, we rented a car. I did a press kit uh, with my brother. And when we went to E3 in LA, this is like my first time here, um, 
I I only had like 20 bucks for that week. So so we went to LA and we were just eating dollar burgers, just trying to survive, you know. And then I'll go to the event and I'll pass out I'll pass out all the press kits to every company and they ignored me. Like they were like, oh, we don't know what this is. I don't know what podcast is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think maybe one person kept a press press kit. Everybody else just threw probably the trash. Um, and then uh, when I was flying back to Miami, I felt very discouraged uh, because, of, you know, I, I wasn't getting opportunities. But guess what happened? Two months after that, Steve Jobs was on stage, uh, on stage, uh, you know, talking about things that they're having coming up. And one of the things was they were added podcasts to, to iTunes at that mm-hmm. time. That helped us out because now we're getting more listeners more than ever. Now the mainstream people that doesn't know that didn't know anything about podcasting. Now they're like, okay. And look now fast forward to 2022 podcast is everywhere. There's different apps. There's we're everywhere. Webs, uh, websites. Um, it's just easier to get it now. Even, even through your phone, some phones just automatically will have that app for you to listen to it. So it's been very, very helpful and, and easier now for people to, to, to subscribe and follow mm-hmm. more than ever. Do you think now, because video games have kind of reached way more mainstream than back when we all started playing that mm-hmm. also the community and desire to uh, want to hear content around the games also helps build audience. Yeah. Cause you know what I, I, I I've been experienced ever since I started. It's not about, it's not about the brand. It's not like you need a, a major company for you to, for your podcast to be successful. It's all to me, it's all about the community. So, if the community trusts you, they don't care about the mainstream websites. They care about your content. The, you you build that relationship with them while they're listening or watching your content for all these years. I mentioned to people, buy this game, this guy in a bad review somewhere else. But I'm, I'm talking about my experience, and I've been very real about that stuff. And people will buy it just because of my opinion. Or my co-host will say, hey, this game is great buy this and they'll buy it just because they trust him and they they just love his opinions you know so i think um i think that that's the part i want podcasters nowadays to focus on on that of just building that relationship with their with their listeners more than ever you know um because if we start like copying other content creators or other websites and everybody's doing the same exact thing to me that content is just going to be boring it's not really exciting to like listen to or watch for me there's definitely a proximity in podcasting that only podcasting and like small time Twitch or small time YouTube can, you know, create because mm-hmm. you end up trusting, like, let's say the opinion of you and your co-host or us because people know, oh, these people have similar tastes mm-hmm. or I know that they're like opposite of me. So if they say they hate it, there's a good chance I like it. And like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of feedback we've been having for like the past, like, decade or so that we've been doing is like people mm-hmm. come to us because they're like oh when like leah's playing a cozy sim game we know like she knows her shit or when i'm like i'm talking about like action adventure or we know that simone loves like mmos like final fantasy so people kind of mm-hmm. like gravitate towards that and mm-hmm. there's value in that and it, it's it's so good to talk to someone who's been at this almost as long as we have and has seen like how I mean, you've seen the trenches, pre-iPod podcast. Like that is, that is very rare. Yeah. And there is people that will leave. Maybe they didn't like their opinion on something. Mm -hmm. 
and they'll come back. They'll listen. To, they'll listen to the show. They're like, and they probably will change their opinion, or, or they just listen to it, listen to the show and not say anything. But uh, that I, I experienced all kinds of stuff like that. Um, where there's another, this is another game where it got bad reviews when it first came out. But my goals and I, we were like super passionate about that game. So like, let's say it's Destiny, the first Destiny game that came out, it was getting six out of tens. Like the reviews was just okay, you know, but we were like, no, this game has a lot of potential. And still to this day, Michael Holtz plays, plays Destiny, the Destiny 2. And a lot of people listened to our opinion to the podcast and they also bought the, the game and they also felt the same way. They're like, you know what? It's true. Like, so yeah, that's why um, I've never been that type of person of like trying to compete with other shows, like other podcasts or other media. I'm just having fun with it. I'm just mm-hmm. having so much fun with creating content. Some content might get more Donalds than others, but I, at the end of the day, I'm having fun. And the day that I'm not having fun and Mark Olson not having fun, we will completely just stop this, stop podcasting. You know, but I just love the medium. I love um, how far it could reach so many people from around the world contacting us they're they're listening to us in the middle of nowhere around the world you know it's just it's fun it's fun it's a lot a lot of fun you've got the opportunity to talk to some pretty impressive people in the video game industry uh, folks like reggie fils phil spencer keanu reeves just before cyberpunk came out how did you how do you prepare how do you wrap your head around it because i know myself like sometimes i look at it and i was like holy cow how do i even approach talking to somebody that seems so obtainable to ever have a conversation with <laughs> uh they're human i just yeah. have i just have conversation you know um like i'll, I'll tell you a couple of stories so like with phil i've been trying to get phil for a while on our show like he was on on our show in 2014 when he took over the company Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you know, he, he, he hasn't been on for a long time. So I wanted to do something special. We were about to hit the 1000 episode and I hit up Microsoft. I think it was like summer. Uh, what year was that? Um, 2020 was the, was the 1000 episode. So it was like 2019. I started talking to Xbox about it mm-hmm. and I pitched it. They were like, stay tuned months, months passed. I didn't get like, no. No green light, nothing. So it was the month before our anniversary. That's when they contacted me. And uh, and they also surprised us because Phil tweeted that he was going to be on our show when he was traveling in Japan in Tokyo. And he gave us a shout out three, two o'clock in the morning. I was getting a lot of tweets, a lot of replies. My, my phone couldn't stop ringing. I'm like, oh, my God. So and we did an interview and it went very well. It went uh, a lot of a lot of sites picked it up. That was actually his first time talking about the new console coming up mm-hmm. later that year. Um, and that went well. Then one day I was on Twitter and I've been trying for over a decade to get Reggie on our show. He used to work at a Nintendo and I would contact them and they will always decline. Nintendo is very difficult and very picky on who should be on, like whoever's in charge, who should be on like on their, their, their show or, or website. So then I, I tweeted, man, I wish I could get Reggie on our show. That would be like my dream. And Reggie replied back, hey, we should make it happen. I'm like, what? So <laughs> it took another year because of my schedule. I was busy. He was busy too. And then I, w- I had him on for our 16th anniversary of the podcast. 
And the crazy part about that, uh, remember what I was saying earlier, it, it's all about being yourself. Everybody's human, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple months, actually, this year, actually, um, I was at Dice. This is like an event in in Las Vegas, and I bump into Dean Takahashi. He's one of the legendary journalists. He works at Gamesbeat. And uh, he was like, hey, Danny, we're, we're planning to have Gamesbeat this year in April. Uh, we would like for you to be part of it. And I'm like, let's stay in touch. It all depends when in April because I'm getting married. So Yeah, it's, it's, congratulations, oh, by the thank way. You, thank <laughs> you. And I say, hey, if it's during around the wedding, I, I can't do it. There's no way. No yeah. way. He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll stay in touch. So a couple weeks before our wedding, he, he mentioned to me, Danny, what happened is uh, Reggie, we gave him a list of people uh, that we wanted him to, to be part of the fireside chat on games. Uh, yeah. And games me, this is like a, a keynote, the main, main uh, keynote for the show. And he was like, Reggie declined every person on that list. He said he wanted you. I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, he requested you to be part of the chat. And I'm like, I'll do it. If that was Reggie, I'll, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And yeah, it was a paid gig too and everything. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go for it. And we did it on stage. It was two days after my, actually three days after my wedding. So I got wow. married. I got married on a Saturday. I drove back, got here on a Monday. I had to do a couple of things for like for work and projects and stuff. And then Tuesday was the day that I did the fireside, uh, fireside chat with him. That's everything, so cool. yeah. And now with the Keanu, um, that one was interesting because that one, uh, I I've been doing content for Telemundo for 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 a while, and their PR hit me up saying, "Hey, Danny, we have someone we'd like to have on a show, in Telemundo, um, to promote Cyberpunk." And I'm like, "It has to be somebody big. Like, I can't just get a developer because it's a different demographic that watches this show. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a gaming show." Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, trust me, Danny, this will go around. I'm like, but they didn't want to mention the name. I'm like, man, who, what? And then right there, I'm like, could it be Keanu Reeves? Nah, I'm not going to. So I mentioned to my wife, I'm like, I think I think the CD Projekt Red wants me to interview Keanu Reeves. She's like, nah. I'm like, I think so. So it took a couple of days, and I hit him up like, please, just tell me if it's Keanu, because I want us to be prepared and everything. And they're like, oh, no, yeah, it's Keanu Reeves. I'm like, oh, my God. So <laughs> I, I got ready. This is during the time we were living at our apartment, and uh, I did the interview remotely, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And at the end of the interview, you know, I asked him about um, his experience coming on stage because he was at the Xbox press conference when they announced that he was in Cyberpunk. And I'm like, hey, how was it getting that crowd, you know, screaming and going crazy that you were in the game? He started cracking up and laughing. He's like, man, it was like the greatest experience I've never experienced that in my life. And uh, after the interview, uh, the team, his team, and and CD Projekt Red, straight up were telling me, Danny, you were the you were the best interview out of all the all the media outlets interviewed him. You're the only gaming journalist interview him because everybody else was like NPR, CNN, like mainstream media that mm-hmm. doesn't know much about gaming, mm-hmm. and they were saying that he felt comfortable and like you could tell like his reaction, like he had like the greatest time with me you know so uh and that was just me being myself like i wasn't trying to be like you know ign or anything 
you know any of these uh bigger sites i was just being myself the whole time and it worked out you know so it's so interesting how the industry has evolved because of this very unique content form that Mm -hmm. can be as polished and as uh absolutely you know as you would have it on high-end media or it can be as laid back and comfortable and you know personable as mm-hmm. as you want it to be and you can i often stutter in the podcast it's kind of a running joke now especially since <laughs> we record after mm-hmm. me doing a full day of work and you know talking in umpteen meetings mm-hmm. and uh you know messing up my words and whatever else and we keep it in there because it's just part of the fun right and, we're and human. joking we're, around we're human. right we're human. yeah exactly we're totally human yeah, yeah so yeah. i think that's so yeah. cool that uh you know that's the approach you take it and uh when you go and interview these big people because we've you know we've done a few celebrity interviews over the years and it's just been like that's that's how i keep saying it to myself but sometimes you do get starstruck and you're just like oh boy <laughs> i'm going to yeah. do this now <laughs> yeah i don't get I, i've never gotten nervous like i i interview a lot of people a lot you of do people. yeah yeah and um I just get excited. I don't get nervous at okay. all. And if, if cool. I mess up, I messed up. That, that yeah. <laughs> That's how it is for me. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, outside of all of these many, many things that you're doing, you're now an author. <laughs> and well, you co-author, have co-author. 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 Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, yeah. Of a new book, children's book, called Danny Loves Video Games. Yep. How did, where, where did this idea come from? So it was actually my cousin. His name is Mr. Luna. Uh, him and his wife, uh, Mrs. Annie, they have a company called Two uh, Two Quality People, mm-hmm. and they publish a lot of like self-publish uh, children's books. So he he wanted to work with me for a while. We've done stuff when we were kids, like for the music side, but we've never done a book together. So mm. I was in Miami visiting. Actually, my my aunt was. Um, she did. She made my my wife's dress for the wedding, so I was there for that, you know. And then uh, it's a, a family tradition. Like everybody that gets that. married, yeah, she's the one that does it. So we were there. And my cousin's like, "Hey, I need to talk to you. Can we go? Can we go on our knee? I have a couple of things to mention to you." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So I went with my wife. We sat down for two hours. Actually, he was like, "Dang, I want to do a children's book based on your true story. Your story is so fascinating, and it's very inspiring." I think that would be great for us to like share that to the world. And I'm like, wow, you know what? And he showed me his his past work and everything. And I'm like, I think we should do this. So we've been working on it for months, for months. And it's finally coming out September 15th. And the, one of the main reasons why I say yes, be, besides the, the pitch, is I want kids to, to dream. Like, I want them to... to have a dream and achieve their goals. You know, when I was young, uh, I've always wanted to get into gaming and started a business with gaming, but a lot of friends and even some of my family members, even my dad, they were like, Oh, Danny, I don't know if you're probably wasting your time. Like, cause they don't, they don't see it. And it's, and it's complicated to explain that to like an older generation doesn't know anything about gaming. And since a kid, I was like, no, I'm going to have a business. I don't know what it is. I'm going to come up with something. And my mom was the only one that she was like, let's do it. She didn't really care if it was like, if it didn't, uh, wasn't successful or not. Uh, like one day I was like 12, 13 years old and I was living in Dominican Republic with my mom. And I, I mentioned to her, uh, I would love to open an office. I have a lot of Super Nintendos and a lot of Sega Genesis. 
how about I charge people pro controller to play my games? And she's like, let's do it. And people will go to, to my office. I don't know if you would call that arcade or what, but they'll go and they will pay 15 minutes, 30 minutes to play my uh, Donkey Kong, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter games, everything, right? And that was my first business as a young kid, right? And, and now, look what I'm doing now with, with GTR. And the past couple of years has been like, the best best successful time for me and i'm having a great time with with everything i've been doing now too so and i just want to give that to the next generation and at the same time educate the you know the parents that probably don't understand about gaming let their let the kids dream on things they want to do in the future and for them to be just open-minded about it, you know? Because um, look, look at my success story. You know, I turned my passion into a career. Why not share that? And there's no other book I, I can think of right now that has like that true, uh, based on a true story of, of someone like a, a gaming content creator turning into into, into a career and, and just educating that to like kids and parents. There's no other book out there that I know yeah. of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, it's really excellent. I uh, I last weekend like friday uh, i just got back from my sister's wedding mm -hmm. and uh now i now have a bunch of new nieces and nephews and oh, okay. you know they're they're all you know uh, young six three four you know young kids that i know are obviously into games and stuff like that because they're playing stuff on their ipads and doing these things their mm -hmm. parents don't necessarily know all the ins and outs well maybe their dads know about call of duty and things like that but mm -hmm. just the opportunities that games bring and especially since how much of the the learning and stuff that i'm finding now is like back when i was a kid and my mom was like don't buy that PlayStation console. You need to, you know, get your schoolwork done. And now realizing how much gaming has integrated into everything we do from the heads up display in my car to, you know, the mm -hmm. gamification of exercise. It's just so great to like be able to say, hey, this for a young child, like you can go through and here's an actual example of, you know, how you can bring it to the next level. You have this passion for it. It's it's OK. Dream big. Enjoy play. Right, because mm -hmm. that's what it is in the end is is enjoying play. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and, and I want to show this because I know we're on Zoom, but for people yeah. that are listening, uh, this is the cover of the book, and so in the in the back it says, "Dream big and do what you love." My cousin wrote that, uh, Mr. Luna, and in here it shows like my like me playing in an arcade in New York City. You know, that's mm -hmm. how I got into gaming, and I was always there all day getting in trouble. <laughs> and, <laughs> And right here is when my grandmother bought me an Atari 2600, you know? So, so it talks about like me getting, becoming a gamer and also, also, also getting to consecration with podcasting. Like I talk about uh, me coming up with gamer tag radio and recording with my brother and stuff like that, you know? So, and at the end, um, at the end, I show a picture. It's not part of the story, but you know, it's just a picture of me and my wife we were in new york city in times square uh so twitch uh put me in four billboards uh to be part of the hispanic headers month mm -hmm. campaign uh and that was actually that was september 15th so um that's one of the reasons why i'm releasing a book too on that day so is that to celebrate the billboards um that was the day that I also proposed to my wife when i was at the Dominican <sighs> public yeah and also it's Hispanic Heritage Month. Like I want to, you know, uh, show 
a lot of Latinos to a anybody could be successful, you know, um, and for them to 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 go for their their dreams, you know. So mm -hmm. that's the main reason why I'm releasing that day, and I can't wait. I, honestly, I've been getting messages, so many different messages from people. Like I have one person that we used to go to school, high school together, and uh, she's having her first granddaughter, and uh, she's she was telling me that. Uh, Danny, I would love to buy this book. If you could sign it, I'm going to read it to her when she gets older. I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm being hearing that. People have been buying books to donate to their local library or donating it to, like, their schools, um, giving it to, like, their friends, kids. Like, there's so many different stories I've been hearing, and I've never, never thought, like, immediately is that, that ever going to happen, you know? And it's cool. You know, now younger kids are going to, hear about this story and hopefully this will inspire them not only to become gamers but it could be anything you know like if they're whatever whatever they want to be then we'll grow up you know so mm -hmm. i'm very excited to see the reaction from everyone once they everybody get it next month that's my game plan is to buy it and pass it on to my new nieces and nephews yeah. so that they can so that they can enjoy and understand what the passion that i have and all my friends have for video games yeah um who did the illustrations is that your cousin so my cousin, he, he his his team. They they. Oh, it's that. his team. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. From about uh, two quality people. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the aesthetic. It's really cute. <laughs> it's very very cute. Yeah, and we want to do more. I want to. I told them like I would love to do one of like uh, podcasting. Like I would just want to do like all kinds of cool stories uh, of stuff that I experienced when I was a kid. And oh. now. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, yeah. Danny, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Where can people find you, get the book, all that jazz, yeah. especially since it's coming out so soon? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you can follow me, Godfrey, uh, on social media. You can find me anywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm very, very, very active on Twitter, more than anything else. Um, and also the podcast, Gamer Tag Radio, we're everywhere. Just search for Gamer Tag Radio. Make sure to follow us and subscribe. And for the book, uh, it's going to be available September 15th, so you can pre-order now on Amazon. It's going to be in Spanish and English. Oh, nice. So yeah, we're gonna have a hardcover, paperback, and ebook. Uh, e yeah, so yeah, September fifteenth. Danny loves video games. Love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Danny, and keep doing what you're doing because it's friggin' awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And thanks so much to Danny for joining us on the show this week. As always, I want to invite you to check out the show notes on girlsongames.ca for links to all the stories mentioned this episode. Thank you, Catherine, for doing that. We'll have all the links to Danny's stuff along with the stories that we spoke about. If you are listening to this show and you have the power to rate and review the podcast on the podcasting platform where you are consuming it, it'd be much appreciated if you could do that for us. Why? It helps with discovery. We can go back and read them so we can uh, make our show even better based on your feedback. So that'd be much appreciated. Uh, don't forget, there's always Talkback in the iHeartRadio app. If you can go to uh, the Girls on Games podcast page, hit that microphone, leave us a voice memo, and you might be featured on the show. As always... I want to give this moment in time for uh, Catherine to shout out her social media handle so you can follow her online anywhere on the internet. Catherine, where can people find you? I am C-S-D-E-S-B-I-N-S-C-S-D-B-I-N on Twitter and Instagram, but I mostly hang out in the Girls on Games Discord. 
And I'm Leah Jewer on most social media platforms, but of course you want to know everything there is to know about Girls on Games. You can track us down at The Girls on Games on Twitter and Facebook. Just Girls on Games, no the in there on Instagram. Discord.me slash Girls on Games to continue this lovely convo and more. But of course, if you ever need to know anything at all, you can track it down at our home base. That's our website, girlsongames.ca. Thanks, Kat! And thank you, Danny! It's been another lovely week in video games! I'm off to play more Two Point Campus because I'm obsessed. And that's just the way it's going to be. Ciao. Bye.